Hello, everyone. Welcome to Made to Dream. I'm your host, Maya Chanel, and here we share stories from women around the world to inspire and empower women to dream with unlimited possibilities. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Ms. Hala Olson, and she is a functional nutritionist, and I'm so excited for her to share her story with you today and share how you can be inspired by her story as well. So, hi, how are you doing today, Hala? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me today. No, thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited. Um, I'm always excited for all these stories because I feel like I'm learning something as well. So I'm excited to hear more about your story, your journey, and your creativity to success. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience and tell them a little bit about yourself and what you do. Wonderful. Thank you. So my name is Hala Olsen, and I am by trade a functional nutritionist. And unofficially, I do a lot of things, and most of them don't go well. <laughs> in the professional world, uh, one of the blessings that I have received is I somehow, by accident, found my way exactly where I need to be. And this is, I say it jokingly, but I think I really mean it with my whole heart. If I was to be born again, I think I will do the same thing. And I, I hope to not have to walk through the same paths, but I, I do believe where I stand is actually a byproduct of all the little collective things that brought me here. So I do work with nutrition and that's what I started with, but it has kind of grown to be a little bit more. It's been 15 years that I'm practicing. So um, it has maybe grown or the beginning is like, that's how much calcium you need to very much getting involved in the lives of my clients and kind of walking them through the journey. So we have become kind of a one-on-one, -on -one, uh, more of a coaching with the background of science with it. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So I want to know, as always, we like to get um, the beginning of the journey and how you got on this journey. So I want to know, how did you get into the world of nutrition and how has that been a motivation for your life? Thank you. This is actually very personal. I'll try to keep my composure. If you see my lips a little tremble, it's still, I mean, sometimes I have to pinch myself to see where I stand because there was a lot of pieces. And that's why I actually love to be the guest because I think my story is not just unique, but if each of us uh, give it a voice, it would kind of create a step for the next person kind of pushing through that obstacles. But my story is a little bit of a mess, but I kind of grab it from when I was 17, or actually I'll go back a little bit and say when I was 12. I was really mm -hmm. lucky to be born in a family that um, regardless of what we had and what we did not have, we had a really close connection. We had a, I grew up with a great support of, there was nothing I couldn't do if I didn't set my mind to it. But very early on, unfortunately, my grandfather, who was a pillar in my life, I don't know why, but I was really, really close to him passed away through cancer. His journey was very unique and a lot of us have family member that we have lost, but um, he was given five months and somehow through a phenomenal medical care and a group of individuals mm -hmm. that came together, he was able to actually live for five or six years and he passed away from a common cold wow. just because his immune system. Was wow. So I had an option. I mean, I had think, something in my mind that I wanted to give that gift of time to families. I just didn't know where I would land. And byproduct of my mother, I love her to pieces. She's not really a gypsy, but I call her a gypsy because she always liked to move us around. Um, 
17, we landed back in the United States. So she finished her education in the United States, but I did not speak a word of English. So at 17, mm -hmm. we arrived to the States and my mother had a biggest smile and said, um, this is where all those classes that we suggest that you would take would come handy. The mm -hmm. language barrier was a little bit of an obstacle, but the biggest factor was I was at the age that I finished high school, came into a new community and I didn't really fit in. Um, I couldn't communicate. Mm -hmm. Like I, my first full sentence was, I am socks, which I meant to say <laughs> I suck because I took a class <laughs> and I did not pass the test. <laughs> um, fast forward, I, I took a little bit longer time. Traditionally, and this is one of the things I love to talk about. My education took much longer just because one class had to be taken in three different ways to actually get there. It took three years for me to master the language and by master meaning pass the class. Mm -hmm. um, but there was always this conversation between my advisors that you shouldn't apply to that university. You shouldn't apply to a medical school. You shouldn't apply to this. When you're a girl, you're first generation, English is your second language, maybe pick something else. And that was at the beginning of the career. And I went into a little bit of nursing. I dabbled a little bit into getting into a naturopathic because I wanted to be a physician. And then one class, one professor, and one person who absolutely inspired me to be over a summer class changed my whole career to be a nutritionist. It was a cooking class, therapeutic cooking class. Mm -hmm. And that was the first person who said, Hala, I don't think your accent is bad or you're, the fact that you're a girl and a first generation in the States would become, or actually I'm Middle Eastern. Most people don't know what my background is, what my last name is. Right. But you know, because of X, Y, and Z, this is not defining who you are. And she really encouraged me to actually go to nutrition and it fit, it fit like a glove. Um, I went forward, I did two undergrads, and then I took a little time. One of my biggest goals or biggest, um, yeah, biggest goals to myself was to give back to the community. So I started working mm -hmm. with food stamp and I started writing curriculums and I went into the families and worked about like, if you get $400, how do you feed a family mm -hmm. of four? But when I wanted right. to go back to a master's program, Almost everyone, even including my school, they said, Hala, I don't think this is really good for you. Your English is not really strong. Again, and you're a woman for what you want to do for one-on-one -on -one counseling. This might not be a great fit. Tell me something I can't do, and then I will go 15 ways about it to get it done. Mm -hmm. It was really tough because the dean of school actually came down and said, I think you would make a great, um, you know, go to go to a different field, go to physical activity. I think you're tall, you're lean, you would make a great example for people to stay fit. But I wanted to work with diabetes. I wanted to work with autoimmune disorder. I wanted to work with cancer. I wanted to work with individuals that at the end of their line, I have no hope. I don't know how I passed. I don't know how I got to my school. I actually graduated with honors and that's my community. And going and getting a job my last name was actually different that was another whole obstacle and the day and today when i stand here in front of you not only those individuals who stood by me but actually my clients very much each of them the first year when i came out i'm pretty sure i wasn't as good as i am today just because of experience uh -huh. but i still have two of my clients from the first year i started working and that is, goes beyond the, just the thank you. This is more like a human support. They lifted me up every single part. So I'm hoping today, however I can, with whatever question it comes, there was a lot of no's in my way. There was a lot of you shouldn't or you can't. There was a lot of 
I don't think it will cut it out because your last name is not uh, you know easy to pronounce or your first name. Right. I always joke about it. My father had a great time <laughs> with my first name. But none of those, none of those were the reason why to stop. And I wouldn't be able to be so blessed to stand in a millions of lives. I have a ton of great clients and I knock on wood other than few of them that I got to them very late. All of them are healthy. All of them are alive. All of them are with family. So when I look at them, I actually remember the time I got back with my grandfather. So that's just in a nutshell of some of the craziness. And each story I always when I open up, it's like, oh my gosh. So, uh, but here we are. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping I have the pleasure of just doing this for many years to come. That's awesome. And hearing your story, it seems like you've gone through, you jumped through a whole bunch of hoops and banged on a whole bunch of closed doors until they open for you. Because I believe as women, there are so many things that are blocking us from being successful or living out our dreams and going against the norm. Um, like you said, that um, there was the womanhood, there was the cultural difference, there was the difficulty of your name. There was all of these things that everyone was just telling you, oh, no, you're not good enough. You can, like, I think that in, in this world, we need this space to tell women that, listen, stop listening to all of the doubts, all of the fears, everyone projecting their fears and their doubts on you. Just pursue what makes you happy, what makes, what drives you, you know? And I just love the fact that you're, you've also taken a part into helping those who are less fortunate with food stamps and creating a meal plan because I think it's very hard when you don't have the tools or the knowledge to know what is healthy. Like a lot of things from our past, you know, we may have grown up with and we have to reverse that to say, you know what, that's really not healthy. That's really not the way it's supposed to be, even though that's the way I grew up. We need to make changes and to reverse the cycle just to you know, be better in life. So I want to know what was your thinking process? Um, I think that's the most important part right now is the change in mindset, because you could have let those thoughts and those words consume you and say, you know what, I'm really not good enough. I really can't do this. How were you able to make a mindset shift to say, you know what, I don't care what they're saying. I know that I'm better. I know that I'm capable and I know that I can succeed in this. I think uh, that's actually a really good question. And you mentioned something that I actually, it's the core of, if I wake up one day and I feel like I want to just not participate in that day, this is what gets me out of the bed. Um, it could be because we're women, but it could be because I got the privilege of, I, I grew up in many non-fortunate individuals. I say, I always refer to myself as fortunate because it wasn't about the money in my pocket. It was actually who I was surrounded with. Even if we had like two eggs and a piece of bread to eat, it was always with laughter. And that's for me, it's wealth. This is coming from mm -hmm. a woman who is no longer, like there was a time that I had $400 to live off of. And I was in school, I was working, and there was just a lot of, I mean, it was, I mean, I think at that point, 400 wasn't bad. And I had to get a roof and pay the rent and X, Y, and Z. Today, mm -hmm. I'm not that woman. Today, I'm the fortunate individual that I could, I could feed myself. But I, my, my purpose or my, my drive came from 
all those individuals that I actually witnessed through my life. Um, I do believe women are the educators of their community. Not to say I, 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 I was raised and grown up by men, brought up by men that were so strong, not to kind of put gender on it, but I do feel like, as you said, for women, we have few obstacles because there's this traditional fact of look good, wear a dress, you can be educated, but eventually you're just going to take care of the kids, right? And right. I want to have, or I want all the women to have that part. I always say, I want to be a 1950s woman with a PhD because I wanted to. And there is, I, okay. I want, you know, I want to get paid the same amount, but I watched so many, and this was actually the experience, um, a part of my life between seven and 10 that I was, I, technically I was brought up by the Wool Center community. And I watched the woman, how, how when the kids came in, when the husband came in, when the brother came in, when the father came in, the women were the um, program managers with that pay. And mm-hmm. how that when there was a problem, you didn't go to dad, you went to mom because mom would fix it. Our aunt right. or grandma would fix it. So I seen too many women that particularly in the settings they had, they didn't give up. They absolutely mm-hmm. did not give up and they didn't have the roof over their head or the chance to go to school. So the first time I remember when I heard the first no, it was kind of challenging that piece of me that I can roll over. I could, I could probably find a job and it would be great or I can go to another field, but why are you, why are you telling me no? And I don't know at the time, cause the program, when I went in, uh, my school actually had maybe three men in the nutrition program and mostly women, but one by one, actually I know three individuals, three successful individuals out of class of 30, all of them mm-hmm. were, told the same thing by school that they were and my school is phenomenal but by the system i should say that maybe you get a degree and then you just raise the kid i know mothers i know women that single-handedly handle five different things and at the end of the day they look like they were just shopping for the makeup i want to (laughs) be if they can't do it i have no excuse i have all my fingers and toes i have my body Mm -hmm. i have my health and when the women are the pillars and the program managers, when you go out and set out to educate and fully give right information. When I went to school, all through high school, I knew nothing about things that I actually talked to my clients about. When I went mm-hmm. to undergrad, I also learned in books, two plus two equals four, or eat your veggies is good for you. No one, no one put it in context when I, in, before I, I actually started sitting in front of individuals and put the human aspect that the mother or the woman in the family really make the health for everyone, not just themselves possible. And then to mm-hmm. have information is gold, knowledge is money. To kind of be able to, in a packageable, sustainable, actionable ways without shame and guilt, you don't make a lot of money. You can't buy organic food. Therefore, you're not good. That doesn't fit in my book. You can't afford to, uh, like, so as an individual who's successful, I have a rate. But at the same time, I particularly plastered it over, all over my um, uh, website. I do not mind if you can afford me or not. Call me, contact me, get in touch. I make a decision of if it's fit for me or not, because the person who has the courage to show up and wants to educate Mm -hmm. yourself, that's the person that I'm happy to grab a piece of myself, just like someone else Mm -hmm. did that for me and pass that on. Because that's the cycle that keeps going on. And for women, men, 
my male clients are phenomenal, but they are able to ask. They're very direct and they feel like this is their right. My mm-hmm. women clients are even, I, I had this conversation at a grocery store the other day with masks and all the <laughs> <laughs> social distancing. It's like it's, this person really wanted to know something, but she was shy mm-hmm. because we women should be preserved. We should not ask. And it's okay if we don't know. Nobody's expecting us. Right. No. And I said, I pulled it over. I'm like, here's my number. Here's my card. I know with a mask, it's really hard to talk, but let's get on the phone. So right. that inspires me. But I have had so many simple individuals as a, just simply watching a mother who has to take care of the household stuff, work in a farm, and at the same time, keep the house meticulous. If a woman 30 years ago, <laughs> 50 years ago, 60 years ago could do that, what excuse do I have? So I think it was... It was my fellow women peers who without mm-hmm. so, um, so humbly did what they mm-hmm. thought that should be a day-to-day task that kind of brought me up here. But actually even today, I, I, I open a little bit of a can of worms, but I would say the person who sits in front of you, uh, 2015, I finally, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder. That means my immune system likes to fight against my organ system. I was really mm-hmm. sick. In a matter of three weeks, I lost 20 pounds and I was hospitalized. Wow. So that gave me compassion and a view to something like when someone goes through it, how do you deal with that? Past mm-hmm. that in 2018, genetically, I'm very blessed, but apparently there's few not so great genes in there. So I was a candidate for breast cancer. I had to go through that. Thankfully, mm-hmm. I'm in a stage that is very stable. And I mm-hmm. don't have to walk through what majority of my clients go through, but mm-hmm. it was pretty scary. And then last year, right. just minding my own business, I got into an accident and I had brain injury. All of those, Wow! I knew women, I knew individuals, I knew scholars that have gone through it and I could never ever, I, I always thought, oh wow, she's very smart. She has a great support. Mm-hmm. She has a good husband. She has a good wife, X, Y, and Z. What I didn't actually, and it was the gift in my life was, no, they were tenacious. They were not going to back down. They were not, mm-hmm. they were not going to be defined by what was given. And I think my goal by living it is to teach my fellow, um, fellow women that we get bucked down, but they always say women are multitaskers. For that, we mm-hmm. find a way to circle around that obstacle and actually find our way. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I definitely can say I'm like a woman with like octopus hands just trying to do everything at one Hallelujah. time. And I have to say, my relax, relax a little bit. Just, you know, take it easy. <laughs> Cause it's like, I will sit there and try to do like multiple things at a time and it gets done. But sometimes, you know, you can drive yourself crazy like that. So, <laughs> but no, like everything you're saying is so true. Um, we as women, we don't even know our own power, I feel like. And it's up to us women who are in that space where we begin to recognize our value, begin to recognize our power and exercise those things is to help other women find that value within themselves and find that power and bring it out of them to know that, you know what, you know, everything you've been through, um, just the course of events that you said that you've been through, the autoimmune disease, the car accident, all of that, it's just to say, if every day is not promised. Every day something tragic could happen. So why not 
live life to your potential? Why not live carelessly to, you know, just do what you want and not what society says that you want to do? I mean, I spoke to someone else, um, I think last week about, you know, who created the rules for what it means to be a woman? (laughs) We really need to have a conversation because, you know, some of these are a little bit old school and we need to revise these rules. (laughs) I'm I'm right there with you. I love what you say about that. And actually you being another example of someone who is really grabbing your potentials and we still don't know what we can do. I mean, I love it to be living in this era where I get to look at social media and I get to see praises for women all over the world. One of our best mathematicians is a woman right now. In NASA, before time, we had three women that made NASA, NASA. I mean, I like NASA, but you know what I mean. So, and and there's every (laughs) corner and cranny and nook. Uh, We have microloans that go into women's businesses that has a 98% return rate it's it's lovely i think this is the time to i don't know if i ever wanted to be a man but this is the era to be a woman and actually be proud of it one thing i'd like to actually say because i do actually see it and this is me putting the practitioner hat on i love Mm -hmm. and i always talk and i try to inspire women but one thing i would bring and you touched it we also get caught up into because we can we spread ourselves 15 ways to sunday and actually mm-hmm. feel guilty when we feel exhausted. I think there were many times, I actually, was it two weeks ago? I definitely hit a wall. Um, I love to be mm-hmm. active and I love to be doing multiple different things. But Monday of two weeks ago, I got up and I decided it is absolutely okay to not be able to do right. it all. It took me about a week to kind of come back and I'm, I'm terrible, I'm terrible with social media. I'm slowly getting back. I, I love so much being with clients that sometimes right. on social media, but I actually kind of got up and blogged about it to, to kind of put it out there that the definition of not being, I mean, you can be successful and you can totally take a sabbatical from doing 15 things. And I think mm-hmm. us, the limitations we put ourselves, we can't, but also that same can't in it is perfectly okay that if you want to sit on the couch and for three hours, mm-hmm. just think or do nothing. That is also okay. That's not being lazy. When a man does it, they're resting. Why can't we do it? Right. A different definition. So I think I struggle as a woman in between the finding that fine tune of the boundary of like, no, live to my full potential. But honest to God, what you said was beautiful. Um, three times in my life, I, I thought I would live forever. I don't know why I have a complex, <laughs> uh, or at least I want to. It's, I love knowing more stories, but then three times I actually had to stop. And the first time I had to write a will, I, I just paused and I went like, you know, there is my bucket list is not to go. I mean, yes, traveling is something I would love to do. Maybe not this year, but there uh-huh. so many things. I like to wake up and eat breakfast at noon. I like to wake up and have eggs at midnight. There's so many things. I would like to squeeze my nephew till he actually choke and turn red and he yells at me. There's just so many things. I do. I do actually, crazy enough, would like to go back to school and push myself one more time to see what else can mm-hmm. I learn. And all those right. things where for tomorrow or I'll do it next week or I'll do it, you know, a couple of weeks from now after this get done and after that get done. And I truly was lucky to be around. And I think if I 
I mean, cats have seven lives, but if three is the number, I'm all out of luck. Next time, I'll be no. um, express north. So I kind of talk that I'm, I'm very spiritual, but I'm like, I have stuff here to do. You can't take me. I'm not quite ready yet. So we have a direct right. conversation about my time. Right now. <laughs> but that's another part. Breaking ourselves is also women should be able to do it all. I, I, I would actually say in order to be successful, we need to have boundaries. And I think women are the worst ones to create that boundaries. We do it for everything else, but it comes right. to ourselves. We take mm -hmm. that me time and devote it to something else. So you just said it and I, I look up to you. So it's lovely <laughs> that you know, like, okay, sometimes I just need to pause. Sometimes I want to do it 15 ways. So and no, both of them are okay. <laughs> because I know that especially, okay, you're in health and nutrition. So you already know that the body has to rest. I mean, you can put whatever foods you want in it, the good stuff. But if your body literally says, listen, I've had enough, then you can put whatever foods you want in it or whatever, but your body's going to just take that rest. And you don't want to get to that point where you're like in a hospital bed with an IV line and all of this stuff. You don't want to do that. So you have to realize when it's time to just rest and not feel guilty for it. And I think as women, because in society, we've always been so, you know, sheltered in a sense or um, hushed, you know, from our potential or to like speak up. We're always in this point in time, we're trying to prove ourselves. And it's like, listen, just relax. You can prove yourself, but you don't have to literally go above and beyond every single day. It's okay to take a day for rest. Like you don't have to work every single day. You don't have to do, be superwoman every single day. Like it's okay to take off your cape. <laughs> I love that you say that. And actually, um, I, I always try not to be, I'm a geek. And I love, for me, my life, my personal life and professional life, what I think, what I do, thankfully, is very in line. And that's why I said I'm really lucky. But you're correct. Firsthand, firsthand, I have seen people that they take care of their eating and exercise to the best. I mean, I sometimes feel like, wow, I'm, I'm coming short compared to you. <laughs> But when they don't have, I mean, it's a car. I, I always tell people, if you're driving from, if you're going to go on a road trip and you're going from Florida to Washington state, from one end mm -hmm. of the state to the other one, you can't just put, like you can get the best tank of gas. You can take your car to, you know, the best mechanic, but guess what? Mm -hmm. This journey, there's multiple spots, stops, there's multiple potholes, there's a deer that jumps in front of you, there's a flat oh tire you're gonna have. <laughs> so body's exactly the same way. I have had individual, actually one of my really, really good friends, she sent a message to me and said, Hala, exteriorly, I look great. And honestly, this woman looks amazing. She, she had mm -hmm. two babies, but she is, she is strong. We're not, mm -hmm. I, I'm actually not a big fan of the words thick or thin, she is strong. I know this woman, she can handle her, like she, she really is nourished, but she said internally, I, you know, I run after two kids. I, you know, I do my work. I support my husband. I'm taking care of my family. I am exhausted. Something is mm -hmm. so wrong that I feel like the facade is going to crumble down. And I'm afraid because everybody comes to me as their go-to. And so we had to have this kind of a friend but also very serious part and i said what do you think heart attack is 
What do you think nervous breakdown is? What do you think the mm -hmm. shingles is? What do you think like people get this stress? I actually seen it with COVID mm -hmm. and this is maybe coinciding with a good time. I've seen more individuals give themselves health conditions that it has mm -hmm. nothing to do. Like I know people that go in kayaking or go in running or they have home gyms and they really cook their food, but they're getting sick left and right. And that mm -hmm. is that over maybe overburdened and not really that stop point. They are at the doing mm -hmm. time of like, this is the one time in the world that we have to really experience everything, family time, eating mm -hmm. time, X time. I have a client that she ended up having rashes on her hand that nobody knew what it was. Turns out it's a stress rash. Mm -hmm. So these are little pieces, but yes, being in that other part, being having the privilege of sitting on the other side of the table and seeing all those things, when the body wants to stop, there is really nothing we can do to convince it. Right. And so God help us. If you push that body too far, it will take you to places that coming back and recovering can take uh, 14, 18, or 24 months. And that is just to say your biological, like your physician doesn't say, oh, wow, you're in a critical point. That doesn't mean your body's back into a safe place. And then just like a kid, the body actually, I, I read a book that I loved it. It's not really relevant to nutrition, but it was, it said body uh, keeps scores and it's talking about trauma mm -hmm. and it's not trauma of gosh, I went to war and came back. It's the trauma of what you have done to your body. And then 10 right. years later, it remembers. And then you mm -hmm. do one thing, push it too far. It's like, oh, do you remember this? This is my sticky <laughs> 10 years ago. Yeah, I'm going to use it. It's like, oh my right. God. Right, it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You like you know what happened last time. I'm just going to shut down before it, you even push yes. it too far. <laughs> yes. And women, I, I hate to say this. It's not that we're, we are a sub, we're a higher sub subject to those than men are. Somehow, if we mm. could kind of borrow that capability, that internal, when a man is tired, and again, I have wonderful men in my life. I will be the first one to say like single fathers, mm -hmm. single uncles, single <laughs> grandfathers, whichever they are, or together ones. But men innately have this power of once they sense something, mm -hmm. they are not in a fight with themselves to shut themselves down or keep going. They would actually give mm -hmm. the rest because they know tomorrow they can do two times as more. We would right. sometimes even, so I, I like to kind of put it out there because when we get inspired, we get all our juices boiling and it's like go time. Mm -hmm. But I always say, give it a 90% allow a 10% as a backup. Think of it as a savings account. If you had $10,000, which is a good amount of money, if you use all the $10,000 and then your car breaks down, what are you going to do? Put right. it on a credit card? I do nothing. <laughs> Body doesn't have a credit card. So I no, love that seriously. you brought that up. No, seriously. Okay. So short story. One of my favorite shows is Grey's Anatomy. I don't know anybody who watches it, you know, that, you know, if you're a Grey's fan, you're just like crazy about the show. But um, I was re-watching it because I was having my boyfriend. I was like, you got to watch this show. So like now he's in love with it. So <laughs> I was like, so the recent episode um, that I just watched, it was like Bailey, the she's okay. So if any, any listeners don't know, Bailey is, you know, this black woman, she has now overcome from being an intern to now being a chief of surgery and you know that one point where she was like you know what i need to 
just take a break for a while because I'm not okay. And she had Karev. Um, Karev is a guy and he is the, the head of Pete's surgery. So um, she had Karev come in and step in for six months to be her interim chief of surgery. And then she's coming in and she's like, because Karev has gone and given all this work that she usually does to the interns. He's like delegating now because he's like, listen, I don't want to do all this. I got too much going on. And she's like, what? He did something better than me? Like, you know, I think that that's a great example because it's like, listen, the man sat here and said, you know what? I don't want to do all this. I can't do all of this. I'm going to stress myself out. Let me just hand it off to someone else who can help. And then she was just like taking everything on herself. And, you know, I think that's a great example of, you know, sometimes as women, we have to realize that, you know, we can't do everything. We have to ask for help sometimes. I love that you said that. actually so because I am Seattle based and Michigan based meaning currently I haven't been back to Washington since March but those are the two places I live in so Grey's Anatomy came out and I was like <laughs> so as you I love that you said it because it has a very close place I, I take pride yeah. in it but though it did not even get filmed in Washington State, but it's okay. Uh, I know. <laughs> that was exactly, I remember that episode because um, I remember we were in school and, or maybe I was at, but I was talking to a friend of mine and said, we call it farming. And I actually mm -hmm. think there is a talent into, if other people can do it good, you can be, and remember when I first started, I said, women are great project managers. But then mm -hmm. when you forget that you're a project manager and start doing all the little work, you're not only right. a project manager, you're doing all those things. And I, it's like having an assistant and taking on all their work and yours too. And they're just sitting there not doing anything because you want to do everything yourself. Or I feel like we have this complex where no one can do it as, uh, as good as I can. Yes. So I have to do it because no one's going to learn how to do it like I can. Listen, Everyone has to learn eventually. So literally just give it to them and learn if they don't do it right, just tell them that they didn't do it right and teach them how to do it. Like at the end of the day, you can't do everything. You have to relax. You have to delegate things. You have to ask for help. I love that you said that actually, this is a tribute to my professor who was the first person who decided to hire me. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. I mean, not unfortunately, fortunately she's healthy and happy and working. <laughs> But I remember she had one-on-ones. I'm pretty sure when mm -hmm. I first started, I, I was, I had a lot of challenges, but I remember one time and she would weekly, uh, we had like a mentor call that she would go over the week, like, how did it go? Da, 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 da. And then one day mm -hmm. she goes, I said, how did I do? Um, let's call her Jennifer. How did I do Jennifer? She goes, you really sucked. But what I like, <laughs> you showed up. And then you took responsibility and now we're having a conversation. So as much as you don't know it, I think being coachable is good, but that's exactly mm -hmm. the part. I have that issue. It has taken me forever to actually from work. I, I like to say I'm a one woman show from when you call, you get me, when you email, you get me, but mm -hmm. there is a time. And I like that personal touch, but like when it came to media and, um, you know, like supporting, thinking about a thousand other materials or scheduling myself. The best thing I did like probably 10, 15 years ago was get an online calendar. I'm like, what? Who can sign up? No, seriously. Oh. <laughs> Delegating is important. And I think more successful women or more successful individuals that I see is they learn the trade. They know how to do it. But instead of putting, inserting themselves in those phases, they actually take on the mentor 
uh, role, which I think there is a great, I mean, you can't know at all what happens when you're not around. What happens mm -hmm. when something happens to you? I, I say that to myself quite a bit, like, okay, if I was deleted from the scene of life, which I'm not planning to, but then right. who's gonna do this? Cause I'm really, so I'm actually finally in a part of, I really started kind of taking on new applications of bringing new nutritionists on and coaching them. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure there will be a time that I'm going like, oh my God, you did it that way. But that I was <laughs> that person, according to my right. center, I sucked, but I showed up, <laughs> I apologized and I continued. <laughs> And that's right. you have to realize that you are once in that space as well. So you have to be able to teach others. And I think it's really important because especially in this day and time, we have so many people who don't realize that you were once in that space mm -hmm. and it's okay for them not to know everything because it was a time where you didn't know everything and you probably still don't know everything. So exactly. just, all right. So just be open i think even in the in your older um older ages like be open to new ideas because i think sometimes you know sometimes the old way is not the way to do it sometimes we find new discoveries and we need to adjust in it and it's like okay everyone in everyone's age needs to be open to change open to education and open to being coachable because i think that's important what you said being coachable um, I think a lot of people have this complex, oh, you know, I, I know exactly what I'm doing. Nobody can really tell me what I'm doing, how to do it, how to, you know, what to do. But we need to be open to change and improvement and all of these different aspects to make our lives better, to give better services, to just be better overall in general. And I think that's not even just um, for female. That's all around for women and men. No, I love it. And I think that's the, that's the secret sauce. Uh, I always mm -hmm. say McDonald's have done really well because of their secret sauce and many other parts. But when you look at anyone who can stand on their two feet or actually start an empire, it's up to you how big you mm -hmm. want to expand. Your, some people are happy with one thing. Some people are happy with 10 things. But coachability brings a humbleness and actually mm -hmm. i would say it, there's a god complex that sometimes when you have experience i have to not that i have a god, god complex i have many other complexes but staying humble because every day there's not a mm -hmm. day even in my career after this many years of being in the field that I, I like last night i sat going like huh i had no idea like i learned something new but i learned and i think i think that my first um technically coach and mentor who kind of put it in me that be okay with somebody disagreeing with you, be okay with someone telling you, nope, this is not good enough and push it. And that mm -hmm. kind of, you, you stay open. And then guess what? You always bring things up. For women, there is a shame associated with not knowing. Actually for men too, because they actually look at the different hierarchy of men can't be wrong. But if you can actually <laughs> swallow that pride and realize it's not about a pride and be open and actually actively seeking about how can I be better, whatever mm -hmm. you're doing. I, to the first question that you asked, I literally went to all my professors after saying no and I asked, okay, you don't think I'm really good candidate. I should not ever, they were saying, I have a lot of flowery language to be in a one-on-one -on -one counseling. I probably would not be very strong because I can't be assertive. So I went back and I said, mm -hmm. how can I learn to be assertive? Turns out, Actually, you don't need to be assertive. You need to be compassionate and knowledgeable. But right. it doesn't hurt to ask. These individuals have been teaching for 25 years. What do I know? I'm a green you know, plant. So I think 
if we remember that, particularly because we don't know everything. I still know, don't know many different parts. But as we're coming more successful, as we, particularly if we are the first ones in our family, in our community, in our social group, overcoming something, there's no blueprint. And it's okay not to have a blueprint. And that is why right. there are other people and other parts staying open and just be moldable. Somebody gave me the analogy of, have you noticed water always takes a shape of a jar or a container that you put it in? It's the same mm -hmm. water, but it, you can look at it. And if you freeze it, then you get multiple different shape ice cubes. I think mm -hmm. if we can kind of hold on to that analogy and not let our personal feelings get hurt, that's mm -hmm. by itself would be success. Definitely. Wow. So if you had one last thing to say to our listeners to encourage and inspire women to dream without limitation, what would that be? I would say fear is a very natural part of the human brain. Without it, we would not survive. However, don't let fear be the judge and the jury and the, the direction maker in your path. Be fearful mm -hmm. in a sense of what you're going to do is good for you or it's going to do good for your community. But don't be fearful to look silly or be old or have a different skin color or your name be different. Don't let fear stop you because every time someone didn't accomplish something is they allowed a feeling, not a true notion, stop them from going over the path that they're going to take. Anybody who's going to be a scholar, a scholar meaning pushing through from where they are to the next step, fear is a part of it. But if it's crippling mm -hmm. you, you're giving it power. And I'm hoping and I'm asking and I'm begging you to just think of it in a different way. Don't let it cripple you. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Well, I, this conversation was amazing. I'm so glad that I found another Grace fan because, you know, I just like to have conversations about Grace because, you know, Grace is just amazing. Yes, <laughs> me too. But no, definitely. So I want to give you the opportunity to um, let the audience know if they want to reach out to you or if they want to follow your journey on social media, how can they find you? I would love it. So my practice name, and I picked it purposely, Honu is Hawaiian for sea turtle. And one thing I love about it is mm -hmm. if you leave a sea turtle in anywhere in the world, they always know how to find their way home. So that represents the journey wow. of us to come back to our health. So I named my practice Honu Nutrition, or you can look for Hala mm -hmm. Olsen. Um, I now I'm actually a great participant in Instagram. I do have my website. Um, I know I specialize and I started saying I specialize in very uh, particular areas, but one of my goals and one of my mm -hmm. passions is education. Doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't mm -hmm. matter what you know. I actually work with a lot of individuals who are healthy that like to stay that way. Contact me, email me, find me on um, Instagram. I also am on Pinterest. I love to be, even if it's just picking my brain, I love to be that one person to fill your community, whether it's for your health, whether it's for your success or many other things. Mm -hmm. So find me there, Honu Nutrition or Holland Olsen. And I really appreciate um, This was so lovely. I, I just love being a part of something that if just one person gets the courage after our conversation to push past their fear, I would be, I would be 
today would be the best day of my life. I would be happy. Awesome. Awesome. I enjoyed our conversation as well. It was amazing. I feel like I learned so many new things as well from just hearing your story and the different things that you talked about. But thank you again for um, joining our show and sharing your story. And I want to thank everyone as well for tuning in. I will have all of your links and everything that you wanted to share in the description for this episode. And thank you all for tuning in once again to Made to Dream. I'm your host, Maya Chanel, and I'll see you next time.